Ahoy! I'm the Colin Buckingham's Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And welcome to Hero Story episode... You just told me and I can't remember. 60. <laughs> 60. Hey. 60. We made it to 60 episodes. Uh, for you, those of you just joining us on A Hero Story, A Hero Story is a podcast all about superheroes, where we go over superhero news, but let it be live action, gaming, comics. After that, we go over the comics of the week. This week, we got a bit of comics, that being... The Year of the Villain, Black Mask, for DC. Another DC comic is Batman number 77, which is highly controversial. It had, did a huge move on this that I'm excited to talk about here. Also not excited. Uh, Aquaman <laughs> number 51. And did you get another DC comic? Nope, that was it for DC. Okay, that was it for the Marvel DC. side of things, we have Daredevil number 10 and Powers of X3. Yeah. So we'll go over that in a bit. Usually we start off with the news of the week. We got a major live action news, a little bit of comic news, and actually, for once in several weeks, some gaming news for superhero video games, that being the Avengers game and even Mortal Kombat, of all things. So we'll start over with the live action news. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but uh, MCU Spider-Man may no longer be a thing anymore. Well, I guess not may no longer. It is now not a thing. Sony's put out a statement saying that Tom Holland's Spider-Man will no longer be in the MCU, the reason being because Disney asked for 50% of the budget, or not the budget, of the pay from Far From Home when the agreement beforehand was Disney only gets 5%, the rest goes to Sony. Now, after Disney asked this, it seems Sony just pulled the plug immediately and took back the rights of Spider-Man. There will still be Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, apparently two more, but it won't be in the MCU at all. And JD, I apparently... Thinks this is a good thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's like the best thing to ever happen to Spider-Man, but like, uh, I'll play the crab ray for it. Okay, nice step step. Spider-Man, <laughs> um, but anyway, I had that prepared. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that. Be up to you. Um, I that was your phone. <laughs> yeah, it's all my phone. Um, no, I, I was actually trying to get that ready. I was trying to find the video, so I didn't say anything. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, Spider-Man is out of the MCU, it looks like, because Disney got a little greedy. Um, and I'm okay with this. Um, as I said in our group chat when it first came out, I'm like the only one who seems to be okay with this. You're um, one in the world. <laughs> I, I, I personally prefer Spider-Man with the Osbournes and the Stacys and Mary Jane and, you know, all the Spider-Man crew as opposed to, you know, Iron Man and all the MCU crew. So... I know we've had five solo Spider-Man movies, but I'm okay with another solo Spider-Man movie. I don't, you know, I hate the villains being motivated by Stark, you know. I'd rather Spider-Man like villain too. hate Spider-Man for Spider-Man, not for being near Iron Man. So I'm very okay with this. Um, and if it means getting Watts out as director, I'm very okay with that too. Uh, Watts definitely has an 80s type style, which I think is cool for some fans. doesn't really work for me. Um, I'm hoping that we can get a comic book geek as our director next. Somebody like Sam Raimi, who appreciates the, you know, especially the early Stan Lee and Steve Ditko run. And uh, can we get an Uncle Ben reference for once? Um, so I, I think this opens the door <laughs> for some great uh, Spider-Man stuff. And now, you know, you can't cross over with Venom. So I'm not a big Venom fan, but... You can cross over with Venom. I know a lot of people like that, Carnage and all that. So, And I think this opens the door for possibly a live-action Spider-Verse type thing. So I'm very okay with this. And maybe they'll even do a new movie with a different Spider-Man actor. Or maybe they'll do a different Spider-Man yeah. where it's Ben Riley or Miguel O'Hara or Miles Morales in live that action. That would be a bit better. If they're getting rid of Tom Holland, which I guess they're not. But if they were to, don't do Peter Parker. Do Ben Riley. Do Miles Morales. Do all the other Spider-People. Don't do Peter Parker. I mean, I, I, I've said for a while, like when the MCU was using the rights, I said, why isn't Sony pumping out, you know, other Spider-Men? Because you own all the rights to those. Do a Ben Riley movie. I think it could be a big hit. Do a Miguel O'Hara movie. I think that could be a big hit. Yeah, even say like live action, Mouse Morales, Spider-Gwen, uh, just any of these could work. And I guess they're sticking with Peter, but I'm at least glad that it's still Tom Holland. They're not recasting. But it's going to be weird with these other movies where... Like, Ned will be like, hey, remember the time you went to Europe? And I guess he'd be like, what? We didn't go to Europe because I can't really bring up any MCU moments. It was, including... it was, all, it, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, like, they can't even bring up Homecoming or Far From Home, which is going to be kind of difficult if this is a third movie, especially with uh, Far From Home's ending, which I wonder if they'll even continue on because it did set up a third movie. So let's see that they continue on that, but not mention Mysterio. Or they just reset in a way. 
It's confusing. I I don't hate it, but I also hate it. <laughs> like I like MCU Spider-Man. I like him being in a universe full of heroes, but at the same time I love think MC, or Spider-Man in general has a huge good cast of supporting characters and villains that the MCU seems to be avoiding or not using them to their potential. Like Flash Thompson, for example. I'd be okay if he gets recasted or if he's used better. Uh, Norman Osborn, Ben Parker, they all have huge roles in Peter Parker's life that the MCU just kind of ignores and maybe we'll get that now. I mean, Sony isn't evil. They made, kind of made Spider-Verse. They kind of did Spider-Man PS4. They're like responsible for these things and those are good Spider-Man things. But then... They also did Spider-Man 3 and Macy Spider-Man 2. <clears throat> Listen, they've definitely made mistakes, but to say the MCU hasn't made any mistakes, you know, would be a lie. So exactly. um, I, I think this could be a good thing. And everyone's like blaming Sony right away. Listen, Sony has a business to run here. They can't just give away 45% of profits because Disney wants it. You know, I mean, I think it's great that Disney and the MCU are able to have a formula that their films can make a billion like that. You know, uh, Far From Home made a billion. Uh, and that's before the re-release. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think the formula is great for what it works. But, you know, you got to understand Sony wanting the profits because they already gave the merchandising rights 100% to Disney. So Disney, you know, any toy, shirt, you know, anything you get with Spider-Man on it, Disney's getting that money. So it's not like they're getting no money from Spider-Man. And, you know, Sony's putting their neck on the line to make these movies. They're, you know, they, they casted Tom Holland. Uh, if you remember correctly, Disney didn't want Tom Holland. They wanted... Uh, as a Butterfield or something like that. Yeah. As a Butterfield. So, yeah, they do. you know, so, Sony does a lot of this and they edit and they uh, produce and stuff. So they deserve the money for it. I mean, 5% might be a little low considering how much of the MCU formula has made the money, but I don't think they deserve 50% for that. Yeah, I don't think 50% either, but I don't think 5% as well. I think 25 would be fair. I mean, it depends on how much money they're making from the merchandising rights. We don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're making a oh, they're making a lot of money, but yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's interesting, but I, I just find it weird that you know Disney wanted like, like that's a big jump from five to fifty. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, you can't just expect Sony to be like, yeah, okay, you know, fair enough. Yeah, it is. They didn't make no, Sony nobody, size like all MCU stands are making Sony the bad guy. Like I'm seeing hashtag boycott Sony, hashtag boycott Sony Spider Man. Like I don't know. I mean, people also wanted to boycott Venom, and that made 850 million. So who knows what's gonna happen? But yeah, I mean, I understand the hate for Sony right now. In the end, Sony was the one that pulled the plug on this. It wasn't Disney. But 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 Disney is equally at fault i mean they're the ones who enacted this and they could have you know brought back down that percentage if they really wanted to make a deal so they also had to walk away from the table on negotiations so i I feel like everyone's making disney to be a saint out here when they're really not i mean listen both companies are out after a profit that's what running a business is like but i don't know i I just feel like too many people are making sony the bad guy because of past mistakes like sony you got to understand sony's side of view on this yeah, Sony's that. I mean, like, no one's in. Well, everyone's in fault here. Everyone's in also, fault. Also, no one ever remembers that Sony and Fox bailed Marvel out in the 90s. I mean, they were dead broke and the company almost went under. Yeah, like, we almost didn't have the, the movie MCU. rights to Fox, Universal, Sony. They ended up being back. So every MCU stand can thank Sony and thank Fox and thank Universal for making these movies possible. But you ruined Tom Hall <laughs> as the MCU stands stay. Uh, Tom Holland I even mean, posted a picture on Instagram of him just in a car while this was all happening. It's like, he, I feel like he, this reminds me all of the Henry Cavill thing. With the Henry Cavill rumors of him being out of Superman. And at the same time, Henry Cavill like posted a picture of himself. It's just like, they're just yeah. doing this I mean, to see what will happen. I mean, I, I know that Zendaya, Tom, and the guy who plays Ned all unfollowed Sony on Instagram. So, I don't know. I, I think there's definitely going to be some pettiness involved, but to, to not blame Disney at all, I, I think is foolish. You know, you got to realize there's two sides to every story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like Tom Holland Spider Man. I don't want a new one. I love him to stay in the MCU, but if not, I'm at least glad that Sony's keeping him as Spidey. It's gonna be a little. Would confusing. you want? Would you want a new director? Or are you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I love Far yeah. From Home. Homecoming's all right too, but. I think you could do much better and much more comic accurate with Spider-Man. Tom's Spider-Man isn't exactly comic accurate. (laughs) 
and the villains being motivated by Stark annoys me a lot. And I I want a Green Goblin. I want a uh, Doctor Octopus. I like to see Venom. I like to see Carnage. I want to see villains that we've seen before. A legit or Sinister Six. A legit Sinister Six would be amazing with Doctor Octopus because he's my favorite Spider-Man villain. So I'm just hoping Sony learned from their past mistakes, and we'll see if they actually do. But learn from the Amazing Spider-Man two. Learn from Spider-Man three. That you know. It doesn't. You don't have to force everything in one movie. Like you can spread things out a little bit. People are gonna go see Spider Man. It's Spider Man's a household name. So yeah, exactly. I actually still kind of have a feeling that Disney can get him back too. Like I, I feel like they could do something where it's like they'll make out a deal or something to get Spider Man back. I mean, like you said, he's a household name, and a lot of people like him in the MCU. Because at this point, the MCU is also a household name. Like, everyone knows what it is. Mm. It's, like, the world's most biggest TV show, in a way. <laughs> Despite the yeah. many movies. But, yeah, I feel like he can get back. I have hope. Also, also, just a quick thing. I think it is terrible how they continue to use Stan Lee's account, like, in general. But oh, using it to yeah. talk about this whole Spider-Man ordeal. Like, whoever is running that, please deactivate it. Or just leave it, like, V. I, I get that Stan was not using that Instagram account, even when he was alive. But... To continue using it and continue using it to advertise your own movies and you know advertise news like this, like it's disgusting to me. Yeah, like you go to Stanley's account and he's posted a story and click on it and it says, "Is Spider-Man or the MCU?" Swipe up to read. It's like, come on, man! And it's like a verified yeah. account. Uh, the Instagram account, the dot amazing dot wallcrawler. He made a poll. It's in his bio. Uh, go on and vote for it or sign for it. Sorry. It's Marvel needs to either delete Stanley's Twitter and Instagram or discontinue using them. Uh, just sign for it. I think at this point it just started like 12 minutes ago. So, or never mind, 12 hours ago. But there's only about like 300 people signed so far. But you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know I if this will do anything. But it's yeah, good to sign. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Spider-Man possibly out of the MCU. I think we'll see how that unfolds because I'm sure this is definitely not the end of it. And, we'll uh, keep you updated right here on a hero story. But a bum bum. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in other news, I think that was it for live action news, right? Oh, well, Far From Home. Oh. Another Spider Man <laughs> thing. Far From Home is coming back to theaters with additional four minute footage. Just like Endgame. Unfinished home CGI. Yeah, we kind of fell for this already. But <laughs> well, some people did. I didn't go see it. But yeah, Far From Home is coming back I to theaters, did. I believe, next week. Now we're getting four minutes of footage. They've said that it's an action scene, which means it's probably going to be the scene from the trailer that was in the movie with the with him the and the cops. Iron, yeah, with the cops in the restaurant, Iron Spider suit. It's probably going to be that full scene. Looks cool. I can't wait to see it on yeah, YouTube. But, but this, yeah, this is something you put on the Blu-ray. Like to me, this is stupid, and I think it sets a bad precedent, especially after Endgame. Like, there is no need to re-release your movies to try to get you know a few million higher in the box office. Let it be and put it on Blu-ray. I mean, come on now. Yeah, get, you know, movies should not have DLCs. So I'm guessing you'll be seeing it. <laughs> oh, of course, I'll be seeing it opening night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't be going. I'll like the end game stuff was released online the day of. I don't mean like yeah. go watch movies online. Just look up these f- clips. Like, don't. I don't want to support movie DLCs unless it's like, oh, 30 minutes of extra footage of a movie that came out 30 years ago. Like another Inglorious Bastards turned 10 years old today. I know it's being re-released in some theaters. That's okay. But Far From Home is still in my local theater right now. <laughs> like I never yeah. left. So it's dumb. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, next <laughs> news. Uh, I think that's all the live action news that we have down. Yeah. yeah okay. We so jump, we can jump to the comics. Comic news. Yeah. So uh, want to start off with Tim. Yeah, so Tim Drake got a new suit. Tim Drake, everyone's favorite Robin. My favorite Robin, at least. My favorite pers- uh, my favorite Robin as Robin. Dick Grayson's yes, still my correct. favorite of the four buddies. Yeah. Correct, correct. Um, Robin, Tim Drake, Red Robin for a quick minute, but back to Robin, uh, is getting a new suit and a new name. Bendis has teased us a little bit, and we finally got a look at the new suit in color. Ooh. We had seen it, it had a lot of lines and stuff, but that was yeah, black and white. But now we got colors, and they are brown? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so it's Tim Drake. Um, yeah, you've probably seen the photo. If not, you can uh, find it on, I think Bendis posted it himself. It's in the solicitations too for the Young Justice cover. Um, it's a brown suit with a lot of lines on it. It's, it's, it's got gold on it. Um, I, um, I don't know. Yeah. He, so he's got a Nightwing looking mask too. DC was really weird. bad at showing this costume off. 
it was in like a few covers in black and white so we all kind of saw what it looked like but we're we never got to see it in color we never got a full code name or anything we still don't have what his superhero name is going to be but yeah it's a lot of lines it kind of reminds me of what they did with uh flash's new 52 suit just lines yep. everywhere so yep that didn't work out that much i like the lines on the cowl of flash but that's about it so yeah uh, i mean this uh, i'm not crazy about this suit for this i'd rather have the red robin 2009 to 2011 suit with the big cowl like I'd i rather that's that. my favorite red robin suit so i remember that too i even didn't mind his new 52 suit i didn't like the cape that much but i like the suit in general yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about like the wing on the cape but uh yeah the rest of it was all right but i don't know i just think that i even like his um post infinite crisis look with the like black and red robin suit yeah i did too i even so liked I, his I uh know. his rebirth of red robin suit yeah, that was pretty good. With I mean, double I think R. always had a pr- pretty good suit, but this one is definitely wonky. I feel bad for all the artists that saw this that feel like they might be on a Tim Drake book one day. There's like, God, so many lines. Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be simple? Uh, I think it would have been better if I had a symbol on the chest, like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that would have looked good and would have spaced it out a bit more. As far as the lines yeah. go, I hate it. But... <laughs> The suit itself, yeah. the design, ignoring the hundreds of lines, isn't bad. I do wish it was more red and black, or maybe yeah. silver-ish. Brown, I think. Silver could be a cool choice. color. Yeah, brown, brown, brown's just not aesthetically pleasing. But uh, we'll see how it looks in action. That's what I said to people who were hating on it. I was like, all right, you know what? Let's wait till we see it in the comic. Let's wait till we have a name with it, because we don't even know what he's going to be called. You know, let's let's see where it goes. So Yeah, maybe it'll be Cardinal. That's my theory. Maybe, maybe it'll maybe it'll grow on us one day. Uh, but maybe yeah, I'll just see it draw by another artist too. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, Superman number fourteen was supposed to come out last week, and when I went to my comic shop, they didn't have it. Superman fourteen got recalled because it had the wrong cover. Not sure how that happens in modern comics. Like you think with, you know, so many yeah. editors on it, it wouldn't happen, but it happens. Uh. So some comic shops got it, and some lucky comic book readers got it, including our very own comic book hunter. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I picked up this comic. I had no idea it was like not supposed to be out until yesterday. <laughs> so a week late. Yes, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So on the Tuesday, I found out that hey, not a lot of people had it because I posted it on my story subtly. Like I was just like, oh, it's cool. The the year the villain comics have the logos being broken, and JD actually messaged me like, how do you have Superman? Like it came out. I picked it up. It was on the shelf. And apparently, yeah, it makes sense that they're kind of bringing it back because the cover has nothing to do with the story. So the cover I got is uh, Lex Luthor and Lois Lane and Superman. And in the issue itself, Lex and Lois aren't even mentioned in the comic, not yeah. let alone seen. So Yeah, Superman, Superman 14 didn't even make it to most shops. It got recalled, and whatever shops got it, they were supposed to send it back, not even sell it. But now I guess Hunter has a collector's item. <laughs> um <laughs> I'll sell it. supposed to be out, I believe, next week, like officially. Yeah, I'll sell for about two hundred dollars. So message me if interested. <laughs> just, just like Batman, damn number one. Yeah, I got that too. I got like accidental collectors comics here. Exactly. I didn't think Dan um, would do that so, good either. But yeah, so it's I'm, excited, a, I'm excited for Superman 14. Hunter gave like a quick synopsis of it in our chat, but I tried not to read it because you know I want to be yeah, excited for the issue when I actually read it. The entire thing, so don't read it. Maybe we'll review it next but, uh, week on the show but exactly yeah um, i've already read it it's it's good i'll say that it's really good it's a great issue so look forward to it yeah um there's also a lot of solicitations out dc and marvel for november of 2019 uh on dc side of things not too much to you know uh talk about but uh flash forward number three has the vampire roy on the cover but a hero story listener already knew that because he listened <laughs> to an interview with scott lobdell and yeah we saw that coming Raider. Uh, but yep. we'll get a look at him and they based it off his titans 99 uh 1999 look so i'm kind of hyped about that yeah i wish he had sunglasses but i like it um and yeah that was there wasn't too many big things that jumped out at me from the DC solicitations. Some cool the, City of Bane covers. Um, yeah, the, the Batman covers look awesome. Yeah, Last Night on Earth ends in November, so I'm really excited for number three of that. I can't believe it's taking so long for it to come out, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's, it it's a slow, uh, but it's each issue is good, and it's only three issues, so it's worth it. Um, We did find yeah. out through these solicitations some more of the infected are. So, yes. those who don't know, The Infected is uh, for Batman and Superman coming up and connecting to You're the Villain. The Batman Who Laughs, Evil Batman from a Negative Earth, has infected six superheroes uh, with, like, Joker toxin in a way, making them evil. 
We didn't know who they were. Just the writer told us, told the world, Joshua Williamson. And we're slowly finding out who they are. So now we know where who five of those heroes are. They are Jim Gordon, uh, which we found out at the end of Batman Laughs. Shazam, which we found out about a month ago. And with these solicitations, we find out that Hawkman is one of them. Supergirl is one of them. And Blue Beetle is one of them. Not Ted Kord, uh, other one. Can't remember his name. Reyes. <laughs> yeah. So they will be five Joker-ish infected people. Uh, James Reyes. Reyes? Uh, he looks, Reyes. He, whatever. <laughs> uh, he, he looks really cool with the Joker toxin. It's called a, the infected scarab is what his issue is called. And it's just basically like, imagine the Blue Beetle technology, but with Joker-ish. So it looks, it looks really cool. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, they're all getting one-shots. They're going to be involved in Batman and Superman. And I believe... Oh, I guess not Not Justice League. We're going to be involved with Justice League. But Batman and Superman and uh, some one-shots stuff. So Yeah, yeah. We, we we made our um, predictions of who the six heroes will be. I don't think we got like any right. But who do you think is the last one to be revealed? I think it's going to be Donna Troy just because she has nothing going on. But I also think it's going to be Donna Troy. All the DC Comics have... Uh, a splash page in the middle for like an ad of the year of the villain and donna troy is on that if not donna troy i will say miss martian but i feel like okay. donna troy. i'm just putting it I mean, something she 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 just in case it's not yeah she, yeah she doesn't have much going on either i can see that um but yeah i think it should be good i mean hopefully i'm kind of sick of the batman who laughs but you know maybe the infected heroes will be better i don't know i don't really like heroes turning t- turning evil unless it's done right so we'll see Maybe it will be done right here, but I I have hope for the Shazam one, Billy Batson. Speaking of Shazam, it was delayed again. Wow. Shazam <laughs> comic was delayed 18 weeks now? Something like that? I think 17 weeks, but yes, a ridiculous amount of time. Uh, we had gotten word that one of them was delayed 12 weeks. Now this one's delayed 17 weeks. Um, all this is translation for Jeff. I love you, but get off the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff is a great writer, but he's he's so busy with so many things going on. So I, I think it's Star just Girl show. He's involved with Titans. You know, um, Shazam Shazam number seven being pushed back fifteen weeks affects number eight through eleven. So it's insane that you know they're keeping him on this book. I mean, honestly, any other writer would have been taken off the book, but because it's Jeff and he's the Godfather of comics, you know. But yeah, exactly. It's crazy. But yeah, get off so. the book, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff, I love you, but uh, anyway, on the Marvel side of things, on their solicitations, we had some cool reveals. They have like a million number ones because they're Marvel, but uh, um, Jonathan Heckman is writing House of X and Powers of X. Uh, We'll be writing the main X-Men title once these two end, and he'll also be writing uh, The New Mutants, which starts in November. Uh, Heckman has been doing great work with Powers and House, so I'm excited. I don't know if I'll be reading New Mutants. I'll definitely be reading X-Men, though. Is um does that also start in November X Men? Yeah, I believe because I think um House and Power both end right before that, so I think okay. X Men starts in November. Okay. I think yeah, actually okay. maybe the second issue was out in November, so I will be reading before, that. But, yeah, um, also coming to Marvel, uh, writer Nick Spencer, who writes The Amazing Spider Man, will be writing something called Marvel Twenty Ninety Nine. Uh, it talks about how I think it said eighty years ago it was nineteen thirty nine, and eighty years from now it'll be twenty ninety nine. Yep. So, and that, that was like the tease. So, curious where that goes. Uh, Nick Spencer is a talented writer on Amazing Spider-Man. So, and uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's about, pretty cool. It's literally about Spider-Man 2099, which is a cool character, and I'll be reading this, I think. Oh yeah, I- I'll have to see a little bit into it, what it's going to be fully about. But I'm curious. Um, and also coming in Marvel is the new big team called Doc Justice and the J Team. Uh, in their tease, they talked about the, how the Avengers came out in 63, the Defenders came out in 71, the Thunderbolts came out in 97. I'll mention the X-Men for some reason, or the Fantastic Four. But yeah. uh, now Doc Justice and the J-Team are coming in 2019. So, yay. Yay. Um, we, they, all they said was the team name. We don't know anything yeah. about Yeah, they, they also had a picture, but I don't know. It looks like a bunch of randos. I might check out the first issue, but I don't know. I'll look into it. I mean, if it's successful enough, this one will be worth a lot. If they're yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I'm interested in the first issue. It's an investment. <laughs> Get the number one. But I don't. I feel like they're just teasing this way too much. It's like, oh, this is the next biggest team. It's like, okay, well, you had time to set up the Defenders and the X Men and the Avengers. You're just straight up yeah. starting this with like no warning. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about this. But yeah, we'll check it out. 
I'll keep you updated on what the team will be and whatnot. And that's it for comic news. Yeah, pretty much. You can check okay. out solicitations if you want. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. we have a little bit of gaming news. So I guess we'll start off with a smaller one. Mortal Kombat 11 DLC was announced, and the Joker will be one of the characters in it. His design is slightly, you know, very different from his Injustice and Injustice 2 look. He looks a little... Looking like he's gained a little bit of weight. <laughs> he will be a character. There's no gameplay yet. He comes out in, I believe, January. Might be wrong on that, but he's like one of the later DLCs coming out. He was just announced. He was in the teaser trailer. We just saw his character model, and that's it. But yeah, for Mortal Kombat fans, you got Joker. Uh, next bit of news is uh, Avengers, the video game, which is getting a lot of hate for some reason. Uh, it released its first little bit of gameplay. Uh, just the other day, we got to see gameplay from Iron Man, from Thor, from Hulk, and from Captain America, the different play styles. And what do you think? Uh, I'm. Uh, it looks so much better from the original look, so I don't know it would, but um, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, it looks fun. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it'd be a really fun game. Hopefully it has some depth to it, but I know I'll have fun with it regardless. Yeah, like Iron Man looks a little slow, to be honest. Hulk looks powerful he's like the tank of it uh both captain america and thor seem to play similar in a way besides thor having lighting projectiles i would say their gameplay is very similar to god of war on playstation 4 with both captain and thor how you could throw either the hammer or cap shield and then i guess you press a button to have it come back so it, mm. it's fun it looks cool and i'm pretty sure that jd and i will get it and probably review it on the show like we did with spider-man ps4 hey yeah, yeah, technically we could pl- even play co-op because we both have PlayStations. That's right. Yeah, we could. And then we'll review it on the show and whatnot. Because we, we reviewed Spider-Man PS4. It's one of our biggest episodes on here, I believe. It, it is, surprisingly. Yeah. So we'll be reviewing that, too. We reviewed it at a time where I didn't even beat it yet, but JD did. So. Yeah, I was obsessed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, that's, I believe, it for the news of the week. That is it. Yep. So let's get to the comics. What's your cover of the week and what's your pick of the week? I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. Well, my pick of the week is Aquaman number 51. And my cover of the week is probably Daredevil, actually. Or You're the Villain Black Mask. It's a really cool cover. It's really good art. It's all it is is a black mask, mask, but it's really shiny and everything. It looks nice. Okay, I think my pick and cover of the week are both going to be Daredevil 10. Um, I only had three comics this week because I forgot about the Black Mask or the villain. I don't read Aquaman, so you should uh, very light comic. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna pick up Aquaman. I just got to find the back issues. But anyway, um, I'll go with Daredevil. Uh, we'll start with the DC side of things and what Batman. what way to start? But with the Tom King comic. Yeah, Batman we, gotta, we, we always start with Batman because it's so, controversial. So, Pretty cool. So go, uh, the the DC Comics this week, all the logos are being damaged. I think that's really cool. So Batman's has it like all scratched up, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so um, a, a little while back, one Tom King met with Warner Brothers. Why did he meet Warner Brothers? Well, he wanted to do something big to Batman, something that needed big-time approval. And we thought, hmm, what could it be? And a young JD said, what if he kills off Alfred? And we're like, nah, nah he couldn't right. do that. He couldn't. He couldn't do that. Well, that's right. <laughs> Coming in we also the wall, thought <laughs> this would happen in issue seventy-five. But issue seventy-five, yes. not nothing major happened. We're like, well, what's going on here? Why do we you have to we go to safe. Warner Brothers to have Bane take over Gotham? Like, that's not that big. It is for Bruce, but it's not that big for us. But now seventy-seven happened, and uh, that Batman seventy-seven came through the wall like the Kool-Aid Man and said, "Oh yeah," and uh, <laughs> here, here we are. So it starts the issue with Gotham Girl versus Robin. Um, I hate I the wasn't dialogue. Crazy. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't crazy about the dialogue I hate here. it so um, much. I, not I, a big Gotham Girl fan of what she's been of late. So but. Tom King likes to write Gotham Girl. I think he's aiming for a stereotypical teenager, like teenage girl. But oh my god, it's so hard to read. So one yeah. panel alone has her say, huh, you're doing that. You know, I want to be nice. I always want to be nice. Not that I am, but sometimes I'm okay. I think. Anyways, I'm going to tell you. That's it. It's like, what is... <laughs> How do I read this? It sucks. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know what was going on here. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Damien is able to get the upper hand because he uses Clarion, uh, the Witch Boy's wand, and he gets a bunch of chain magic chains around Gotham Girl and is able to constrain her. How did he get uh, the wand? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's something that happened in Teen Titans. I don't personally read Teen Titans. So oh, maybe. Uh, maybe in Teen Titans. Something? Somebody, okay. somebody could fact check us on that. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Selena is with Bruce in like a little apartment, and she's cooking and singing. I'm not sure if this if this is French or Spanish. It's French. I took Spanish in high school. Okay. Yeah, because they're in Paris. So. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know uh, what you're anyway. saying. <laughs> anyway, this guy's walking his dog on a leash in the next in the next page, and uh, the maximum allowed length of a leash is three feet. So Detective Scarecrow and Detective Victor Zaz come up and say they're going to beat him up for it. Yeah, for those who don't know, Gotham's yeah. taken over by Bane, and all the villains have replaced the cops, and like the firefighters and the medics and all that. So they're all Batman villains and escapee prisoners are being the police now. So yeah. Anyway, scary. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Scarecrow and Zaz go to fight, and uh, Zaz. I'm sorry. Scarecrow pulls the gun on the dog, which I was like, oh no, don't kill the dog. Yeah. Uh, but then Damian Wayne comes breaking in, and uh, he takes them down. Uh, well, he takes down Zaz pretty easily and uh, Scarecrow pretty easily. Uh, again, not crazy about the dialogue there. It's very okay. Um, Bruce tells Bruce wakes up and tells Selena that he lost because, well, he did lose. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we get a grandfather-grandson meeting for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I- yeah, yeah, it is. The dialogue here uh, is oof. Yeah. So uh, Thomas meets uh, Damien, and he talks about how he's Batman and how he's not a pretender. And Damien's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so <laughs> Damien sounds very like a child here, but um, he gets under Batman's skin by talking about how he let his wife become the Joker, and he couldn't save her. And I like how he knew all this, too. Yeah, because like, he read the files. Like, he's so Bruce's son. Yeah, he's just it. like, I go into the Hall of Justice sometimes, and I just read through files of old cases. <laughs> It's like, I like that. Yeah. They start uh, to banter. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, after some banter, he punches him in the face. And uh, this is where Thomas deduces that he's Damien, his grandson. And uh, yeah, so that's interesting. And Damien's like, you're an imposter. Like, you're not my grandfather. You know, my grandfather's dead. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't even say like, no, I'm not. Like, he doesn't even agree that he's Damien. He says, I'm Robin. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we get back to Bruce and Selena in Paris, and um, Bruce talks about how like this fight could kill him, and um, you know, Selena he wants Selena to be prepared for that. Like he's gonna give it his all, and Selena's like, "No, Bruce, don't die." <laughs> so, um, <laughs> anyway, um, Damien and Thomas are still going at it, um, and he talks about how it's the death of Alfred, uh, the death of your beloved Alfred, which I, which sh- I guess should have been a bad sign right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's basically thomas has a rule or i guess bane technically has a rule that if any bat family members enter gotham then alfred dies and here damien is entering gotham so yeah and uh thomas is able to take damien down and he straps into a chair now damien looks uh different here uh there's rumors that he might have been infected with scarecrow toxin and that's why he has like the really pale like zombie looking skin but i think it's just uh, because he got beat up a lot yeah i don't know i think people are just trying to explain the next page better <laughs> but anyway um damien is in the chair and he gets to watch firsthand as bane breaks alfred's neck like actually brutal. broke his neck and alfred's last words were not nice or anything he says master please no please 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 listen just not here not in front of the boy and then gets his neck actually snapped and that's actually well, as far as we know, that's actually Alfred. That's not a clone or, or any. Maybe it is. I don't think it is. Well, I've, I've, I've heard people talk about Clayface. I've heard people talk about Scarecrow Toxin. But, I, I mean, we know that Tom King went to Warner Brothers with a big change. So could this possibly be it? Who knows? I, I don't think this is legit Alfred's death because that would be a really tough way to go. But if it is, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something. The thing is, like, when they're leading up, I'm just like, okay, Alfred's going to, quote-unquote, die here. Like, before I even flip the page. I'm like, I guarantee Alfred's going to die here. Thomas is going to kill him, but it's not. And a few issues is going to be like, Alfred's actually alive. And when I flip the page, it's Bane snapping the neck. And yeah. that made me feel like, okay, this is actually real. 
Because yeah. the fact that Bane's doing it and not Thomas makes me like Bane wouldn't just. Okay, Thomas would do something like have a clone of Alfred or a robotic Alfred just to scare Damien to put him in his place. But Bane would be so much so to actually kill Alfred. And the fact that Bane is here, Bane wouldn't want to tease Damien. He would want to actually do it. So that's what scares me. Yeah. Uh oh. Alfred will be back. It's comics. But if one thing we learned from the Scott Lobdell interview, DC doesn't like changing stuff back anymore. So, <laughs> quote-unquote Rick Grayson. So, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I hate it, but I also have hope that Alfred might still come back soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where this goes because um, I think it has a lot of potential, and I'm curious how Bruce is going to take it. But, yeah, I don't think he's fully dead. I... I almost want to guarantee that by the by the next batman writer by issue 85 or whenever king ends i think alfred will be back but we'll see i think by the end of city of baney's back but who knows yeah we'll see uh I, anyway if not that uh, then he'll be back the with the next writer i guess yeah we'll see what do you rate the issue oh god i don't know it was well written at least uh well gotham girl Ugh. you say first what do you rate it <laughs> Uh, I think I'm at the 5.56 range. I didn't hate the issue, but I have my problems with it dialogue-wise, but not terrible. I'll give it a 7. I think it's the weakest City of Bane issue so far. Although I wasn't great about the first one either, but I don't know. I at least it hasn't felt yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how Damien was, had a major role in a Batman comic. We don't get that often in modern age, so I like that. Yeah. But we'll see how it continues. Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, do you want to go over Aquaman next while we're on DC or Black Mask, whichever one? Oh yeah, I forgot you didn't give either of these. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll go over Aquaman real quick. Um, basically, Aquaman meets Jackson Hyde for the first time. Aqualad, for those who don't know, that's what uh, Calder from Young Justice is on. Uh, so he, Aquaman finally meets him, drives him over to prison because he was in jail. We don't see, we never find out how, actually. Yeah, we never find out how he was in jail. Oh, well. Well, <laughs> Arthur drives him to a Mester Bay, and uh, he's a little Jason Momoa-y here. Like, he stops mm-hmm. at the side of a road, and uh, Jackson's just like, what are we doing? Aren't we going to... Are we still on the road or something? And he literally... What uh, Aquaman does is he takes his shirt off, does like a rock-on sign that says, roads will only take you so far, kid, and jumps off a cliff into water, and then... Uh, Jackson goes, oh, so he's crazy. All right, okay, what are you going to do, man? Go back to New Mexico prison or follow the crazy man off the cliff? And then he jumps off the cliff with them. And the art's amazing, by the way. The, the way this guy draws, draws water is so good. Um, Arthur kind of races him in the water for a bit, just testing to see how good Jackson Hyde is. Jackson says, my dad's Black Manta. And uh, Arthur says, that's okay. Black Manta's one of a kind, thank God. You're not like him. Uh, they get back to a Mr. Bay and they start carrying boxes around for, uh, the, some new gods that are staying in Nestor Bay that Arthur just met. Um, they sit around by a fire for a bit. Uh, Arthur introduces Aqualad to everyone and Aqualad keeps saying like, am I your sidekick or am I your assistant? Am I your ward? What am I? And Arthur's like, you're, you're nothing. Don't worry. You're nothing. You're, well, not nothing, but he's just like, you're not my assistant. You're not my ward. You're just Jackson. But he's really wanting to be a psychic here. And Arthur just says that he doesn't really need a psychic. Which we all know he'll get over soon. (laughs) Mm. A scream is heard from the water. So uh, Arthur and Jackson, they go run over to go see. And it is what seems to be King Rath, who was uh, the main villain for the start of Aquaman Rebirth. He was a Atlantean that was corrupted with power of magic and turned himself into this giant beast with like 100 tentacles, a skull-like face sharp teeth and everything and he's massive he's like the size of a house and he seems to be on the beach and so the issue ends with him looking at aquaman and aqualad but meanwhile in this issue we also see murrah preparing for a royal wedding saying that she's waiting for arthur and at the end we get a year of the villain thing with a uh, black mansa talking to the lex luther hologram and he's saying that he hates lex a lot and he even stabs a little drone that lex is in but gets tasered from that um lex tells him to follow him and and they go through this cave, which ends up being the home of a giant mech that looks like Black Manta. This screams 
80s to me. Like, it, it looks like a Power Rangers Zord. And Lex Luthor says, Meet Mecha Manta. An artificial intelligence programmed using DNA and f- farm data to emulate your father's thought process in every detail. All housed in a weaponized aquatic chasing we- chasing powerful enough to tear the man from the Lantis apart. Manta, and then the last words that Lex says is, Say hello to daddy. And then it ends. And then I threw up. <laughs> all in all... Say, decent... say hello to daddy? <laughs> yes, he points out this Power Ranger Zord, so... <laughs> It's a weird ending, and then if you look at the solicitations for Aquaman coming up in October, it goes over what's happening here with Black Manta being in a giant mech called Mecha Manza, which I think is super 80s, or maybe even that's 70s. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very cheesy name, that's Silver Age. Yeah, Mecha Manta, and it's just a giant <laughs> mech that literally looks like Black Manta. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what uh, that was the thing that Lex Luthor gave him for Year of the Villains, so... We'll see where that handles. Mm-hmm. All in all, I love the interaction with uh, Aqualad and Aquaman. So, I give this a 2 and 9. It was good. It's just Lex with the same health. Say hello to daddy. Made me throw up. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say Black Mask was also good. Uh, I won't go over too much. It basically just went over his origin story of how he had abusive parents that were addicted to makeup and stuff. And so, he also found out Black Mask's mask is made from his father's coffin. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it's kind of messed up. But yeah, um, all in all, the feature Batwoman. Batwoman was like the hero of this story. But it ends with uh, Lex Luthor's offer, which is uh, Black Manta was about to go to jail, but he got him out, and his offer was that Black, Black Mass now has the rights to Headberry Industries, which is a major company around the world, and like Australia and America and Canada and Europe and all that. So Black Mass now runs that entire company, and he's hiring uh, ex-prisoners to work for him. Don't know why, but it ends with a uh, Batwoman shutting him down. But then he's able to escape, and then he uses a. Uh, he puts on a different face, like a mask to look like a different person, and escapes to Australia. And and he's still working for that industry, but we don't know. It didn't really set up anything. It was just like a one-shot thing of what Black Mask is up to these days. But it's currently in Australia, so yeah, decent issue. It's cool. Uh, what do you rate it? Oh, yeah, I'd give it like a six. It's all right. <laughs> okay. So you like the Sinestro one better? Uh, the Sinestro one's amazing. This one was just like, eh, it's all right. Okay. Um, then let's jump to the Marvel side of things. Uh, yeah. Daredevil, number 10. Um, so the art style, I, I got to check this because the art style kind of reminded me of, you ever seen like the Mad Fraction Hawkeye series? Yes, I have. It kind of reminded me of that art style. I don't know if it's the same artist, um, but it's kind of messy. Style, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It's, I'm not crazy about it, but I don't mind it. Um, but anyway, uh, Daredevil number ten. Um, it starts with uh, the police officer who has been uh, hunting down Daredevil for a while, um, and his partner is in uh, basically like a coma. Yeah, and um, he feels some kind of guilt about it. Um, which is definitely interesting and obviously plays later in the issue. <clears throat> and um, guilt is a common theme in this issue because Daredevil is sleeping with the lady from the bookstore who is married to a mobster. And um, he seems to be doubting himself. And he he thinks that, like, you know, he's her white knight and he's saving her. But how is he saving her by just having sex with her? So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, it only went on for, like, maybe two panels about it, but I would like to see that more explored. Um, And I think Daredevil's character who often has dealt with sex addiction, um, somebody made an unpopular comic fan. I don't know if you've ever seen the account, made a great post about it. So um, check that out for sure. If you haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, that's nothing like comics. He's had like different kind of sex addiction with all kinds of women. So yeah, it's never um, actually Marvel's never straight up said that he has this, but it's kind of obvious at this point. <laughs> I feel like Matt Murdock's not really afraid to say it either. Yeah, and I like that Chip Zarsky is very uh, straightforward with Daredevil in the series. When he has a problem, he says it. Yeah, which is nice. It's nice so. to have Matt Murdock like that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, he's getting um, uh, he's getting a call, and um, 
he thinks about the other vigilante showing up and I love the way they do like the how he hears things with the different words popping up all around him with like the spiral in the background. Uh, but anyway, he gets called down to uh, the local uh, jail or the local police station uh, with the cell because one of his uh, he's a parole officer in the series and one of his clients, I guess, uh, got locked up. So he's going to see him. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, anyway, uh, at the police station is where everything goes down. But Matt talks to uh, his, again, client, I guess would be the word. I don't know. Uh, but um, the guy that is that he's a parole officer for, uh, Daredevil killed his brother. So, again, more guilt. Guilt is like a common theme throughout this issue. Yeah. And, and um, he was locked up for having a gun on him. And he said that he hasn't been drinking. He hasn't been using drugs. But he needed the gun because, you know, the kitchen, Hell's Kitchen is crazy lately. So, uh, and he's, he just doesn't believe in the law anymore, but, uh, Matt says that he's going to get him, uh, Foggy Nelson as his lawyer. And he said, you know, I'll take care of you. I don't, you know, this could mean prison time, but I'm going to try to help you out the best I can. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the mafia girl that Matt has been sleeping with, um, goes home to a crime scene and finds out that, um, her bookstore was lit on fire by people trying to take out her husband in the mafia. And, um, yeah, um, it was pretty interesting to see her and the husband interact because obviously she's been cheating on him with Matt, but um, she talks about how, like, um, the books aren't everything and gives him, like, a big hug. So it's just like, are they really as rock? Like, throughout everything, she still loves him. So I think that's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt's senses are kind of messed up here because there's so much happening in the police station, and the way they do this is really good with all the names being said in the background and all the phones ringing and... Uh, just big words coming out like emergency, meeting, assignments, priority. So I, I really like the way they did that. Um, yeah. But it turns out that um, the police officer who's been hunting Daredevil, his partner is dead. And uh, it seems that one of the other cops was responsible for it. And uh, they actually pull a gun on him, on the cop who uh, whose partner was. So uh, there's a big standoff happening. And while this is happening, Daredevil puts uh, kind of like a little... A little like almost like a handkerchief around his face is like yeah, that was uh, a like shirt. a prototype mask. It's white. <laughs> oh, a shirt. Okay. It looks like exactly uh, yeah. I feel like it's just a shirt, and then it's basically just the Daredevil black mask, but it's white now. Looks actually kind yeah. of yeah. Cool. Also, you notice a shadow yeah, in the background when he puts it on. Yeah, it and uh, while there's stuff happening, and while there's stuff happening in the police station, there's like a big fight back and forth with gunshots going off and desks being rammed. And, uh, again, more guilt um, of, like, he's wondering why his partner is dead. And he kind of feels guilty, even though the other cops, you know, messed up. And uh, Daredevil is able to break things up. And uh, Daredevil actually says that he'll take the blame for it. So Daredevil and the black cop have an odd relationship because the black cop has been hunting Daredevil, you know, relentlessly. And he thinks that Daredevil is a cancer on the city. But Daredevil sees the good in other men. I mean, maybe that's part of him, like his Catholic background, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like Daredevil's always able to see the good in other people. And uh, he basically says, like, I'll take the blame for this. Just say I took, you know, because all the inside cameras were turned off for this. So he says, uh, say that I stole your gun and I fired and uh, that'll buy you some time and that'll be an explanation of what happened here. So, uh, and then the black cop says, like, it's you, isn't it? And he kind of just walks away. So that was a really good panel. And uh, he apologizes about his partner. And uh after Matt leaves, um, he has kind of like a good internal monologue about being uh, cursed and will he always be the vigilante? And uh, then at the end of the issue, Electra shows up and she says, I hear you could use some help. So, Electra, cool. Yeah. And if you see you for next issue, Spider Man's on the cover. I, I absolutely love, I didn't even notice that, but I, I absolutely love Spider Man and Daredevil teaming up. I much, much, much prefer Daredevil and Spider Man to Daredevil uh, to uh, Spider Man and Deadpool. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> I, I love Spider Man being serious and like the one issue he showed up in Daredevil. Now I guess you've read that. I, I thought that yeah. was brilliant. So, yeah, Spider Man uh, and Daredevil they have similar morals too, and they're both from New York, and it's it's nice seeing them team up. When Wade comes in, it's just like okay, time for a comedy. Or Marvel's Team Red that they had a while ago, where Daredevil, Spider-Man, Deadpool, when they just all acted like Deadpool, that was like okay. Yeah. But now uh, Daredevil and Spider, like Electra's in the next issue, and it looks like Spider-Man also will be. I'm down. Yeah. So, yeah I get uh, Daredevil a nine. Honestly, rereading that, I liked it a lot more. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing. Originally, it was like 7.58, but now I think it's bumped up a lot. Um, I think, you know, like I said, they've been handling the whole Matt Murdock, not Daredevil thing very well. And I love the themes of each issue. Like, this one was definitely guilt. And um, I'm curious where the whole, like, there's so many plot lines to keep going with here. So, uh, Chip, Chip Zarsky is definitely a good writer. I love what he's doing with Daredevil. And I'm curious to see where it goes. And yeah. Spider Man showing up is great to me. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. So, uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's a monthly, covers, right? Yeah, yeah it's monthly. Uh, yeah, you, you got you got the nice like uh, binge for a while, but now you gotta wait like the rest yeah, of us. I just caught up recently. That'll be with you with Aquaman <laughs> if you start reading that. So, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna start binging that as soon as I get the back issues. But yeah, uh, yeah Daredevil's really solid. If you're not reading it, pick it up. It's only ten issues in now. I think the first trade came out recently, so. Um, I would pick that up if you're interested in Daredevil. Uh, you don't really even need to have a lot of Daredevil knowledge to understand this. I mean, if you've seen the show, that's all you need, really. You don't even uh, need that, to be honest. Like, Daredevil's a blind superhero. Yeah, is also I, a lawyer. I, I think it's Done. just to understand, like, side characters like Foggy Nelson and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But, yeah, I, I think this is very new reader-friendly, and I think uh, just the writing's really good. I mean, it's easily my favorite, favorite Marvel series and possibly my favorite comic ongoing right now. Really? I mean, it's definitely top five. It's definitely top five, but... I'd say it's top it might be my favorite. Five, wow, yeah. I mean, my top five right now are like Daredevil, Justice League, Justice League Dark, uh, Superman, and oh, how is Justice League Dark? Uh, it's good. I, I'm a little behind on it, but it's good. Tenion's great. I don't even okay. know what I throw on the fifth one. I, 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 there's a lot of titles that I'm enjoying. Maybe one of the X Men titles. Um, Superman. It's good. Yeah, Superman's really good. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Tech, tech is pretty good, even though I didn't love the last issue. Um. Uh, there's a lot of good titles that I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want anything that's I, bad. I put Daredevil in mine. I put Daredevil, Spider-Man, Justice Captain League. America. Maybe Captain America will be in like number six or something. I don't know if it's top five. but I like Justice League. I like Superman. I like Daredevil. I like Spider-Man. I like Aquaman a lot, actually. Aquaman's probably top ten right now. Mm-hmm. And Green Lantern. <laughs> okay. I was just about to make a joke about the Green Lantern. Terrible title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, the only thing left is Powers of X3, but... Honestly, there's a lot of confusion with it because, well, I'm not very attuned to X-Men history. So um, this has a lot to do with Days of Future Past, uh, this issue. And I think it's really well written and I'm really interested in more as different lives. Hunter finally got to read uh, House of X2. Yeah, my comic store's being all weird. Hey, <laughs> he we knows, forgot to order Power of X number three. Here's Superman number 14. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so Hunter knows about more his different lives. Uh, they explore a little bit more of that in this issue. And um, I think Apocalypse is a really cool character in this. I think it's really awesome that he teamed up uh, with the X-Men. And it's it's definitely interesting to see them together and how um, I think um, in this issue they have like um, humans being turned into like, like upgraded basically through machinery. And it felt very Cable-esque. So I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I had to watch a YouTube video, um, Comics Explained. If you ever seen them on YouTube, they made a good video about Powers of X three. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just lo- you know loving the series. Hickman's doing a good job. I, I think he's a really good writer and uh, makes me want to reread Days of Future Past. So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so, well, um, I guess until then, maybe we could uh, just literally talk about our top five <laughs> comics. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, that's fine. Why so, is Daredevil in your top five? Uh, Daredevil is brilliantly written. Uh, I've been a Daredevil fan for a while. I like different runs. Frank Miller, Bendis, uh, Kevin Smith even. Have you read uh, Bendis' run? Not all of it, but I've read uh, the first book. I think it's really good. Uh, Alex Maleev is great on the art. Uh, they're hard to find the books. They're out of print, so they're expensive. Oh, okay. Like, they're like $45 each, and in America that's pretty oh, expensive that's for a trade paperback. Common for Canada. <laughs> I wonder what the price would be in Canada because here it's like ridiculously expensive. But anyway, um, uh, Daredevil has always been a favorite hero of mine. I think the blind superhero is very interesting. And when I heard there was a new series starting, I had to jump on it. And uh, I actually didn't know much about Chip Zarsky. I knew he was writing Spider-Man Life Story, but I never knew much about him. Uh, I think he's a really funny guy like in uh, real life. And I think he's a brilliant writer. So uh, this series has just been great. Uh, I really love the depth in Matt's character, and um, 
it hasn't even really been a big emphasis on like different villain of the week, which I love. I, it's really just been a character analysis of who is Daredevil, why is Daredevil, um, and just little character interactions. Like I thought uh, Spider Man being in it was really good when they brought in Reed Richards. I thought that was really good. So yeah, it was just uh, nice issue. Yeah, so I, I think the series is really good, and every issue is good. Like even like I said, they have no Daredevil in the last like I think four issues, and it's it's still been great. You know, sometimes when the hero is missing that long, it, it could be a little off. But the series has been great through. So yeah, I I agree with all that. Daredevil is definitely in my top five favorite, not just comics but superheroes in general. Uh, yeah. He was probably my second favorite Marvel superhero. I'm, I'm biased. I like Spider-Man a lot. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people yeah, do. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I, I like Daredevil a lot. I this JD told me to get into the series like a couple months back. I re, I got um up to issue eight. I believe is when I caught up. When issue eight just came out, so I got nine when it came out, and then I got ten. Obviously, it's really good. <laughs> I recommend this to everyone. Uh, just binge reading it. I'm. I feel bad for everyone who had to wait for all that because the <laughs> the entire first arc takes place in like two hours for the most yeah. part like it's all just the police hunting down daredevil and i know we've seen that story a hundred times but the way it's written so good and one cop's like i think it's from detroit he's very yep. power hungry he's a like he's not a bad cop like he's not a bad character he's a good guy he's just he fights daredevil in a fist fight and almost wins because he grew up as a boxer and but people were filming this and so people were like checking their phones he cop beating up a superhero which is bad for the public and they go over that they go over like the sex addiction they go over how daredevil may have gotten uh, one of his clients families killed i believe uh, yeah the brother yeah so it's like it's not just like oh the world's ending let's go take down this guy it's interesting because it's like it's very much street level <laughs> like this is the definition of street level Batman's a street level yeah. comic, and right now you have villains taking over a entire city. This one you don't get that. Mm-hmm. You get like a realistic take on a superhero, and I like that a lot. Not to say that I don't like cosmic stories. Um, I read a bit of War Realms. I stopped reading it because then I actually picked up all uh, the first bit of Jason Aaron's Thor run. I want to read it from the beginning, but uh, I know in War Realms, uh, Daredevil plays a little bit of a cosmic role in that, where he gets a. Uh, it was called the sword of whatever where he's like can teleport people through realms uh and he like his suit gets all space-like and he's like i can see everything and i think that's cool but street level daredevil is cooler so yeah yeah definitely and the art style um i mean i think this issue was a different artist but the art styles really fit that street level theme i think the colors are really well done so it's rough even though there's a fight scene in this issue that we reviewed today and some panels every time someone's hit the panel's completely red. Every time someone's not hit, it's, like, colored. So it gives that cool, like... Because there's a fight scene where it's, like, colored, red, colored, red, colored, red. As, like, guns are fired and people are shot and people are punched. It's There's no dialogue besides, like, the... But it's... Yeah. It's good. It's really interesting. It makes me want yeah, to yeah. read I, more. Yeah, we, we were talking about, uh, before the episode started, about Chip Zarsky possibly writing Batman because he always jokes about it on his like newsletter and stuff. And uh, I think he would be able to write a great street-level Batman. So uh, I you know I want him to do a long run on Daredevil, but maybe after he's done with Daredevil, he could head over to DC and write Batman. I would love that, yeah. If there's a way that you could do both, that'd be awesome. But right now, he'd be the perfect person for Batman, but I, or even he's like, also or the even perfect like Nightwing, person for Daredevil. I think. I think he would do a good Nightwing. Oh, he would do a fantastic Nightwing. As long as it's Dick Grayson, so. not Rick Grayson. I think if, uh, like... So, what else is in your top five? Uh, Justice League, of course, by Snyder. Yeah, which we both agree. I, I like, Justice League is, like, the, we describe it as, like, a TV show in a way. How there's, like, season I, finales I think and stuff. I, I really think it's only got one week arc, which is the Hawkworld one. It just went on too, like, too long. I wasn't that invested into it, but... Yeah, and it was, like, a Justice League book. Solid. That was a... It's a Justice League book, and the Hawkgirl arc was about Hawkgirl, Martian Manhunter, and that's it. So I was like, okay, let's get to like some what's happening on Earth here, because it yeah, took place in space. They're building up to their possibly biggest story. I think it's the biggest story since Dark Side War for Justice League. So <laughs> it starts next yeah, week. Dark Side War. Um, it's yeah, excited, but uh... the past thirty issues have been building up for Justice League versus Legion of Doom. We're getting that story. I, I can't week. believe they're already on issue thirty. Holy crap! Like I feel mm-hmm. like I just remember getting number one. 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I just, it's I a, just remember Jessica Cruz kissing Batman, that terrible Christopher oh, Priest Batman. God, I forgot about that. That never happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah for this one, did. like they've been teasing the story for so long and uh, it's weird. Like I can't, you can't believe we're on issue 30. I can't believe we're on the Justice Do More. It's going to be 10 issues. Yeah, Kansas City true. of Bane is 10 issues. It's literally just the Justice League versus the Legion of Doom for 10 issues. Everything's on stake here. Justice League has the multiverse involved. Um, new gods are involved. The Monitor, Anti-Monitor, all that. They're all involved. It's its crazy. Like, if you name a DC character, granted, they've been mentioned, brought up, or shown in this story. Like, so I'm really excited for this. And I hope that Cyborg comes in for this. Because he was part of the original lineup. If you notice, they announced the original lineup. It's like the Justice League, the anime series team, except Barry and Sid, Wally, Cyborg, and Aquaman. But then, for most of the story, Aquaman's been absent because of his own title. Things happening there. Cyborg's been absent because of Justice League Odyssey. So it's been a smaller team. And I hope Cyborg comes in, because Aquaman's coming in for the Justice Do More. But I want Cyborg as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I'd also, like I said, uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, I'm a little few issues behind now, but I just think um, the team is really good. They have very good chemistry together. Uh, Tinion definitely has a talent for team books. I thought when he was writing Detective, he was at his best when we had the Bat Family together. So um, I think he's doing a really good job on Justice League Dark, and I got to catch up soon. But I was I was like, very skeptical about Wonder Woman being the leader or quote unquote leader. But I think she, her and Zatanna have great chemistry together. So uh, and Constantine shows up more than I thought he would. So I like that too. Yeah, because he's not on the team, but yeah, I heard about that. He's like an unofficial member, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that's been pretty good. Um, other titles I like, um, I mentioned Captain America. It's a bit of a slow burn. I think that's something that would definitely read better in trade, but I've enjoyed every issue, and I I love the series Captain America. Yeah, me too. Uh, Captain America is very much winter soldiery as well. Like It's yeah. got a dark atmosphere. Uh, another book yeah, I would shout out is Bendis' Superman. I, I think it's really good as well. I'd highly recommend it. It's a, it's very much a one story arc. Like everything kind of ties in. Every issue is important, um, except for the part where Walt, where Barry had red hair. That's not that important. <laughs> but it's like each issue is good. There's the, probably been like one issue where I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of dumb. And I was mostly thought it was dumb because of continuity errors, which were fixed later on. But it is a good book, like especially the recent issue that I can't even talk about legally. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like John John Campion aged up. Yeah, I wish he was younger, but it's still handled decently well. And I like how it's not yeah. just Superman; it's also Supergirl. It's also Zod. It's also Jor-El. They're really using the House of L to their potential. And Zod. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I definitely had Superman into my uh, top five books. Uh, it's been really good. Bendis. Surprisingly, it hasn't disappointed me. Um, I, I think he's done a really good job with the whole Superman. And something I realized is Ivan Reese has worked on so many different great runs over the years in comic books, Green and Lantern, he doesn't. Aquaman, pick, yeah, he doesn't. Pick, yeah, he doesn't pick bad runs. Like he wrote he. That's a good point. Jeff Johns Green Lantern. He did art for Jeff Johns Aquaman. He did art for Jeff Johns Justice League. Those are three all-time great titles or all-time great runs, rather. So. Um, you know, great now point. that he's doing better Superman, I think that could be, you know, going down on his resume is one of those all-time great runs that he worked on. So, yeah. Reese doesn't take work lightly, and I, I, I love his art. I think he does great on Superman, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm optimistic about where Superman goes in the future. And I've heard Supergirl is really good, too, and it, like, ties into it, but I still haven't checked it out. Yeah, like, I haven't heard, like, I read, actually, the start of Supergirl Rebirth. I dropped it, because, not gonna lie, I had a rough start. <laughs> Back, uh, back in the day in 2016 when you thought you could read every Rebirth title? <laughs> I tried, and I succeeded for, like, a few months. But Supergirl was not good, and yeah. uh, Blue Beetle was not good, and Hellblazer was not good. So. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily not good, just not for me. So, yeah. I dropped some. Uh, and then for the fifth one I got uh, that I got to throw in, um, I might go Amazing Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I might go... X-Men uh, powers slash house. I, I count them as one. Um, I might go. I feel like there's another DC title that I really like that I'm missing. I mean, there might be. I mean, I, I like Batman. Even though it's like not going anywhere and clearly not going anywhere for the long time. Um, and Doomsday <laughs> Clock too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though it's like a maxi, but yeah. 
Um, um, I like flash forward already, and it hasn't even come out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, Boba Flash. Um, I, Williamson's inconsistent to me, uh, but I think his post fifty work is better than his pre fifty work, like before Perfect Storm and all that. Like I would take post fifty than like one to twenty five. Like I, I think it's gotten better, and I. I like that, you know, in the upcoming arcs, Avery and Wallace are going to be there. So more Flash family. I, I think he's at his best when he's writing the Flash family. So, yeah, definitely. Like w- Wally, I, I missed him. I don't read Teen Titans, so or I guess Wallace. I miss Wally yeah. more, but <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I just mentioned Spider Man too. Amazing Spider Man. It's a funny book. It's it's a real like it's a. It's a solid Spider-Man book. You got the humor of Peter Parker. He's not that serious, but at the same time, he is in The Hunted. Um, it's just a good book. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's a good Spider-Man book. They use villains like uh, the Lizard. They've used villains like Electro. But right now, they're doing Electro. Uh, they've done Craven, a giant Craven arc called The Hunted. Uh, they've done original villains. They've had original stories where Peter and Spider-Man become two different people. And it actually worked out pretty cool. It was a good story. Surprisingly good, yeah. Yeah, I would recommend this book to any Spider-Man fan who just wants to get into like a modern Spider-Man book. It's only about 26 issues in so far. Uh, and our very own DC Comics uh, artist, Patrick Gleason, will be on the book starting at number 33, I think. I'm excited for that. Oh, do you okay. still read Spider-Man, JD? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. I, I The only arc that I skipped was Haunted, which I will be picking up in trade most likely because the trade just came out uh okay. but yeah I, i've read every issue except for hunted so you, which of you, course hunted like, was like the best arc of, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm caught up i read about the female sinister six okay okay cool yeah because it, it's good so far and they're like patrick gleason's coming on which i'm excited for and right now they're doing the absolute carnage stuff which is just a tie into the event which i'm not reading <laughs> i'm not i am not just it's not just that event i'm not reading event leviathan either so you know mm-hmm. yeah the only event I'm reading right now is probably if you want to call it, if you count, and the two big stories, City of Bane and uh, Justice slash Doom War. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But those are our top five titles, which brought us over the hour hump, which we were trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, if you enjoyed this episode, we appreciate a five-star review. I get an email every week from Chartable, which uh, ranks our podcast. Um, we rank anywhere between 800 and 900, which is cool to me. Maybe not cool to others, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, and anyway, a uh, five-star review does help with the rankings, and maybe we can move up and become big one day. Uh, anyway, for Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye!